It's your boy Dreams from the Notorious Mass Effect. Ever wanted your favorite restaurants to come to you? Well, with DoorDash, this is now possible as DoorDash connects people with the best restaurants in their city. They do this by empowering local businesses and in turn, generate new ways for people to earn, work, and live. With your favorite restaurants at your fingertips, DoorDash satisfies your cravings and connects you with possibilities, more time, and energy for yourself and those you love. Delivering with DoorDash, you get flexibility and financial stability. Dash for a living or for a goal, all on your schedule and on your own terms. DoorDash customers can place orders via the DoorDash app or website and are connected with Dashers to fulfill deliveries conveniently and contactlessly. Restaurants right to your door. Order now at www.doordash.com. What's going on internet? Analytic here, aka Dreams, and I'd like to welcome you to mine, which I call the Notorious Mass Effect Podcast. I'm a hip-hop slash gaming news source with a little bit of R&B mixed in. For episode 50, and we've well now i don't like we've somehow made it to episode 50 because with the whole podcast when i first started i always wonder if and if i was going to be putting out episodes to like nobody listening or just just basically putting out <laughs> my episodes to me myself and <laughs> to me myself and i but with with the current um um stance of my pod it, it's we have over 19,000 total listeners and we're on episode 50. So with me going back to the analytics and everything, looking at it on average, I think I can say this because too much of the analytics can't give it away because this is a reason that Spotify limits how much you can t- uh how many numbers you can look for certain things. So as, as far as my podcast, though, I try to be transparent with the total number of views so with that with being at episode 50 having over 19 
uh, 19,000 plays. It's just a testament to having a steady fan base of almost 400 people per episode. And that's just really crazy if you think about it. Like, for some people, 400 people may not be a lot, but for actually building something on, on year one and something that, like, I... I own like all of it <laughs> basically it's is pretty incredible and pretty crazy that 400 people come around each and every episode consistently and that's not even accounting for some of the episode or some of the uh yeah some of the episodes that blow up so for episode 50 this is going to be a long one because i mean we're just on the intro <laughs> but um th- this whole episode is, is going to be not not like too, I don't know if it's gonna be too long, but basically we have a lot of topics that I'm very passionate about. As it's what I think helped this podcast go forward in the first place, and just for the success of the Notorious Mass Effect, it wouldn't be without the people who actually tune in, like y'all, every single week. Like that's just insane, honestly. So. So I just appreciate that. I don't know if I, how many times I say I appreciate it. Hopefully I say it enough. Hopefully it's not like something like, yeah, I knew that this was going to take off from the moment I started speaking into the mic. Like, that's not what it was at all. Like, I didn't think that my YouTube audience would transfer over to my podcast audience. And unexpectedly, my podcast audience is definitely more dedicated than my uh, YouTube because they come back every single week. You know, and and the profits as far as podcasting is uh is more more user is it user friendly, more podcaster friendly than no more content creator friendly than YouTube. Let me just say that because YouTube is very stingy with their um with the way they pay creators. So yeah. Just want to thank y'all for uh, getting me to episode 50 because without y'all, this wouldn't, it wouldn't be as um, successful and ongoing as it currently is right now. So yeah, that was my soliloquy. I don't know if that's the best word to use for that because I don't know if that was long enough to call it a soliloquy. But um, anyways, now let's get into the topics for the big milestone episode 50. I'm calling it milestone because for 50 episodes... Like, that's a lot of talking. Like, that's a lot of talking in front of the mic. And, and for people just to listen and actually get feedback, it, it, it's pretty incredible, honestly. So, the Notorious episode 50, we have, we're starting with J. Cole, the offseason. Then we're going to get into Nicki Minaj, Be Me Up, Scotty. And of course, I mean, I don't even know if this was a question, if this was going to be in the in the topic in the topics but of course i had to have the greatest trilogy of all time as the front runner of topics for this episode as the mass effect legendary edition has dropped so i'm i'm going to be getting in that i'm i'm going to be going way more than in detail for that for that segment and then we're going to end with 21 savage spiral soundtrack from the book of saw Wait, no, I said that wrong. The 21 Savage Spiral from the Book of Saw soundtrack. But 
but before all of that <laughs> make sure to click my link tree in my bio to access my social medias and follow to keep up with my latest activities if you want to financially support the show click my cash app link located towards the top of my link tree as it helps the show overall also make sure to share this podcast as this helps the show as this helps the podcast okay i'm messing the intro i'm not doing the intro over because i already went on that whole speech that i gave so i'm gonna finish this intro we're gonna get into the next topic so <laughs> so what, what was i at i'm just gonna okay we're gonna start with cash app because it doesn't hurt to say that twice click my cash app link located towards the top of my link tree as it helps the show overall also make sure to share this podcast as this helps the show reach more people so we can grow together and affect the masses now now that i've struggled through the intro let's get into the first topic of the milestone of episode 50 j cole the off season the off season let's keep it tall y'all ain't doing my man and don't check your watch you know the time cold world killer can this yeah. finish this too easy for me now cold been going black since back when cds was around what you sold i tripled that i can't believe these clowns look how everybody clapping when your 30s song album do a measly hundred thou if i'm betting on myself then i completely double down if you hate it on a Please don't greet me with a pound I be staying out the way But if the beef do come around Could put an M right on your head You Luigi brother now But if you couldn't tell by the cadence By the wordplay By the double, triple entendres We're going to be getting into Jermaine Cole And his new album Album called The Off Season So with J. Cole May 14th He unleashed the album called The Off Season Wait was it? No, that, that wasn't, that's the wrong date. That's the right date for 2018's KOD album. So May 14th, he released KOD, which album I didn't like at all. I actually thought it was pretty mediocre in 2018. Then he had the collab tape with his record label, Dreamville. And that was pretty well well received. I even liked that project. I thought that was, I thought that really showed the talent of his label. And now we are faced with a standalone studio album from none other than Jermaine Cole. So, as far as the, let's just start with the cover. So, he's standing next to a fiery basketball uh, goal. And he's dressed in all black, it seems like. No type of swag whatsoever. (laughs) Like, I don't know. Like the the memes of people telling J Cole that he dresses like a bum has just revolutionized into something very outstanding because it's just like he just went with the whole meme and joke and just turns into a promo type thing for him. Like he's just turned into a thing that he said he does on purpose. Like he just he chooses to look like that, like on a day to day basis. So yeah. But anyways, the fall off era was definitely um, promoted long ago by another, another non, 
none other than Jermaine Cole, which he had a lot of notes on it, which he said he had features. Yeah, he scribbled that off. Revenge of the Dreamers 3, which was the compilation with his label Dreamville. He scratched that off because that already came out. Then he has the off season, which just came out. So now he can scratch that off. But the next thing was it's a boy. And then after that, it's, it's at the end, it says the fall off. So in my opinion, I don't know if this is a a list of checklists before he retired, like a, a list of uh, things he needs to check off before he retires. But I think J. Cole has been hinting a lot towards retirement. And the documentary, well, the quote-unquote documentary. That did y'all watch the documentary where he put out like an eight-minute and fifty, an eight-minute and twenty-second video and called it a documentary? Like, I don't understand what's wrong with just calling it the fall-off promotion or or the 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 new. I don't know. He he could have named it something else and didn't even have to say documentary. Because when I think of documentary, I'm thinking of the Travis Scott documentary that came on Netflix that was like an hour long. I think it had. No, I think it was just one thing, but it was like an hour plus long. And I, I'm think so when I think of documentary, I'm thinking you about to take me to like a you about to take me on a journey. Nope. It was like two minutes and two seconds. Like I don't even know why the thing was called a documentary. But anyways, it did give some insight onto what J. Cole was feeling as he He is um contemplating retirement. And at the end of the video, he basically said that he doesn't want to walk away from the game, not thinking that he not giving, not trying everything he could have before he left um, the the hip hop genre. Because for those that don't know, he, he signed with a basketball, a professional basketball team in, in Africa. Um, don't ask me why. I have no idea. I don't have any insight onto that uh, at all. But <laughs> as far as like basketball goes, he said as a child, he was wondering why he wasn't in certain places. But but then he told himself like you wasn't working like there was actually people in the gym with trainers and you was just trying to mimic uh, Iverson's crossover and thought that was going to get you somewhere. So I thought that analogy made a lot of sense as far as rapping, because the concept is kind of similar when you're rapping. It's more of like a flow state than a. Oh, I can just turn it on type thing. Like you have to be working on it for a period of time before you actually are 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 seeing results. So, as far as rapping and the fall off, I think the off season is probably one of J Cole's best albums, honestly, because the way that he mixes these new acts into them into his album. And not even new acts as far as rappers, but just newer acts. Like Damian Lillard is is a a sample on the on punching the clock, but he's also a rapper slash basketball player. So I thought that was very fitting for J Cole and Damian Lillard to have some type of collab. Obviously, Damian Lillard rapping on J Cole, I don't think would have been received too well because. They would have said that he's a great rapper for basketball players, but he shouldn't. He has no business being on a J. Cole album. So the way to put him as a sample is the is the best way to execute that collab, in my opinion. Like he let him come to the booth. Well, no, obviously it was a sample, so he didn't come anywhere. But 
just tell them like, yeah, you, you're going to be on my album, but you're not rapping at all. <laughs> like, we're going to take a sample from the thing that you do best. And, and that was his interview from, I think, when they made the playoffs or something like that. And then uh, we're not getting to the track list. I'm just jumping all over the place right now. We're going to get into the track list in a second. Like I said, I really enjoyed this album. I thought that this has some of J. Cole's um, best, like, as, as an overall project. I thought it was it was very con- it's concise. I think sometimes when I say a word and don't know the definition, I think I'm nine times out of ten using it wrong. But... Actually, I think I'm using it right, honestly. Matter of fact, I'm gonna look at it right now. We're gonna look up concise on like right now. Concise definition. Giving a lot of information clearly in a and in a few words. Brief but comprehensive. The offseason was definitely concise. <laughs> Cause the songs, like with J. Cole, I can like I don't know how, but I feel like I could tell that he doesn't struggle to make verses but this this album's only 12 tracks long and that's not a long like if if it was if every track on here was like four minutes maybe but this is not a long album this is pretty short it's only like i think it's only like 40 minutes of of material with jaco going to a song he, he kind of has that i don't want to compare him to another rapper because people really don't like that but um basically the way that he raps it's like he will go crazy for like a short amount of time and then it'll be like a huge break interludes it'll be something to break it up to fill that the rest of the time like he has long intros he has long outros but when he's rapping it's not that long like you know how little baby could go for like three no no you know how i don't want to bring you know sometimes like i talk about drake a lot but Forget it, man. He's the he's the most successful artist or most successful rapper ever. So I'm gonna keep bringing his name up. When Drake rapped on Lemon Pepper Freestyle, I don't think we've ever. I don't know the last time we've gotten that from J Cole, other than the the freestyle that he did before the album actually dropped. If that freestyle, which it couldn't have been, because the the beats they was using was already like there's no way you can use those unless you get get those cleared and and those are already popular tracks of. Yeah, good luck getting those clear. But the when he was rapping over those beats for that long, like I mean, even that wasn't long because he he even messed up at the end. He just said the uh, off the 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 off season's coming out because he messed up at the end. Like I don't know if J Cole has that ability to rap for longer than two minutes and keep someone's att- attention. And the way when I say that, I mean two minutes and like not no breaks in between. Kind of like on Juice World, uh, freestyle and ability, but the the substance of what J Cole usually talks about. So concise. I'm glad I looked up that word because that that perfectly describes J Cole. He, he doesn't rap for a long amount of time, but the way that he constructs his message makes it fit in that little 30 seconds that he's actually rapping. So actually, get into the track list. The off season, of course, like I just said, is 12 tracks. And the runtime on that, I think it's like 40 minutes. Like it's like 30 some. It's like in the high 30s, I think. But I'm just gonna round it up and say in 40. So um The first track, 95 South, I already played this the snippet at the beginning of the segment. 
I thought that that track was a very good start for the album. Basically, just talking his like, you know, what I mean, just 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 showcasing his ability with while also keeping it light, like not going too hard and then not just basically it was a nice intro, nice slow intro to get people into the album. Then we get into track number two. Now, track number two is where it popped off for me because I was like, wow, I felt like this should have been a single. But then again, it is the second track on the album. So it's kind of like your first. This is your first taste of what the album's actually going to consist of. With um, um, I feel like this is something expensive. And I can't even say a Mary, a Mari, a Mary. Is that what is that what uh, Gunner talks about all the time when he, when he like mumbles and he says he's a Mary jeans or something? Is that what that means? I don't know. Anyways, that was one of my favorite tracks as I felt like a Mary was a great jump off from 95 South because it changed the t- tempo. Not too fast, but it, it sped it up a little bit. And J. Cole really started like rapping and getting on his melody. That's one thing about J. Cole. His melodies is pretty solid. But at, at the same time, whenever you rap like J. Cole does, which means in sporadic moments and a lot of other things are filling in between those it's kind of hard to get the full message but with the Mar- amari a mary i don't know i'm not you know what i mean i don't i don't buy that i don't, I don't know what that is <laughs> a mary is um it's a nice change of pace because he's really rapping longer than he he usually does on, on some tracks so that's the first snippet i have out of the three i'm gonna play for this album like i do for every other project but um so a mary is the first snippet i'm gonna play from the off season and here it is right now off season let's work hey Plotting my escape, this game riding, riding fake Got a couple M's hiding in the safe Imagination turn a Honda in a Wraith I was doing 80 on the interstate Trying to make it back before my class started Country never seen a passport Till I popped off and got a bag for it Now I'm at the garden sitting in half court Watching Junior catch it off the bad boy Feel near, never seen nothing Except a triple, triple bean jumping Good, good, leave a fiend crumping Made it out, it gotta mean something Either you gon' hustle or that Uncle Sam got your hood re-enlisting Two six murder scene pumping Better leave it tucked if you ain't dumping Pow, pow, he slumping Twelve coming, we ain't seen nothing Time change, saying rumbling No more, now what for? Hungry for more If you solo lead vocal, listen close and you can hear grumbling Multi and I'm still munching Big bag, never fear fumbling Won't smoke, don't choke, I'm a whole nigga, nicotine company Dream of the army, not a navy How could you ever try to play me? Kill him on a song, walk up out the booth, do the West Rock a baby. Do the Westbrook walk a <laughs> rock a baby. That's yeah. That's uh. I'm not gonna lie. That that had me picturing a. That had me picturing J Cole walking out the booth doing the Westbrook rock a baby. Like like I was thinking to myself, I wonder which rapper J Cole could do that to. <laughs> like like honestly, like you got to see some of the tracks J Cole does like. You guys see some of the features that J. Cole does and just and just think to yourself, like, I wonder which rapper he would have did the Rock a Baby to. Probably a lot of them. 
But anyways, Mary was one of my favorites, as you, if you couldn't tell already. And I really like that double and triple entendres he had throughout this whole track. And I didn't even get to the part where he switches up his cadence and gets into the, the bridge before the chorus. And the bridge is amazing because he's really... I'm not going to say he's he's totally changing his style, but he gets out of his comfort zone and just the bridge is amazing honestly. Like the, the way that he switches up cuz you can tell he he the chorus he starts off with, you know, the little melodies or whatever. He starts rapping and then the bridge he 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 like If you listen to the whole track, you you would know, but he switches he switches up his his cadence like very uh noticeably and and it really goes with the chorus. So it was like right after that too. I just cut it off before because you know I want people to actually listen to the got actually listen to it for yourself. You know I don't, don't want to like play the whole song. That'd be kind of messed up. Anyways, track number three, my life, J Cole, Twenty One Savage, and and Murray, Murray, John Murray. No, I'm just playing. Um, my life is honestly underwhelming. Like <laughs> I don't I don't know how else to put that. Like. For, for me, I've heard J. Cole and 21 Savage on a lot, and a lot compared to this track is a lot better. <laughs> so, um, My Life by J. Cole, J. Cole and 21 Savage is a good track. I'm not saying it's bad at all. None of the track, none of the, let me just say this first, none of the tracks on this album is bad at all. My Life by J. Cole and 21 Savage is, um, a good track but the way that people hype it i think it's just because of, of the of the quality of a lot so i don't think it's like it's not something that's bad for for j cole and 21 Sa savage fans to be like oh they're the greatest duo ever but at the same time it's just like they're really not it, it's, it's a good song but it's nothing too crazy a ask those same people if they think this if they think my life is better than a lot and then you'll probably get your answer Track number four, Applying Pressure. Um, Applying Pressure is a track that J. Cole was really rapping. This is probably the most braggadocious J. Cole's J. Cole um is on this on this on this project. Like this is the most braggadocious bars you would probably get from J. Cole on this album. It's all on one track, Applying Pressure. He's really talking his um you know what. So he's really popping his uh his accomplishments, his stature, all of that. So I really liked the playing pressure. I thought that was a great track. Track number five, Punching the Clock. Um, Punching the Clock, I don't remember too much from that track. So I'm, I'm just going to say that it was a good track. I, I just I just don't remember too much from that track. So, um, But it's not bad at all. Then we get into track number six, 100 mil. Now, I spoke about, I spoke on 2018's KOD and how I didn't like ATM. Now, ATM was a track that J. Cole repeated three bars. Like, well, no, not three bars. He counted them. He, he repeated three words over and over. And I thought it was a little pump song. Like, I'm not even going to joke to you. Like, I, I thought he was saying, I thought I wanted him to come out and, and say, yeah, because at that time, Lil Pump was like one of the biggest artists. I wanted him to come out and be like, yeah, you know, I was just uh, laying a little reference track for Lil Pump, but it actually ended up on his album, which was insane to me. I thought that was one of the worst tracks he's ever made. Like, ATM is one of the worst tracks J. Cole has ever made. Like, that's, that's just, that chorus is just, it's just horrendous. Like honestly, 
with uh, track number six, 100 mil, I feel like that's what ATM should have been. Like, 100 mil is J. Cole still talking about money, but in a way that is more substantive. Like, it, it shows it in a way that even if I have a lot of money, I'm still on my grind because money doesn't mean as much. ATM was basically a club radio type um type thing to to try to get more spins which he definitely got more spins for atm but it's because he went with the little pump way of making a chorus and and i don't like to see rappers like j cole doing things like that because when you're put a when you put on that hierarchy of the top five it's kind of like you're above those type of things like if jay-z ever came out with a song where he's repeating the same three words over and over for a track i would say the same exact thing so 100 mil i feel like is an upgraded version of atm a way more upgraded version and that's the second snippet i have for the album and here it is right now so yeah that track i think is one of the best on the album because i felt like he felt like where he went wrong with certain tracks and just tried to upgrade it because as far as numbers wise j cole's gonna do numbers so he doesn't need songs like ATM where he's repeating the same three words and it's not even like it, it was like if Migos made a track and gave it to J. Cole. That's what ATM sounded like. But um 100 mil, I feel like is a balance between J. Cole and the mainstream what they want from a track. Then we go into the best track on the album. It's really not even close. Honestly, I don't even know why J. Cole put this feature on the track because he knew once people saw this feature it was going to be over for all it was it was going to be over for the rest of the tracks on the album like this is hands down the best one and they probably didn't even listen to it and said and, and said that for me on the other hand i listen to this album uh, like a lot of times just so you know just so i could break it for research purposes because i know my long-standing quote-unquote beef with j cole but i like to be objective at times Pride is the Devil is the best track off of the offseason. J. Cole and Lil Baby, the way that they, um, the way that J. Cole constructs this song, because I feel like Lil Baby just laid his verse and left. But, but the way that J. Cole constructs this song, he kind of does a Drake where he goes crazy at the beginning, does the chorus, 
comes in a little bit after the chorus and then throws a little alley oop for little baby. Like that's as far as right now, if if Kendrick doesn't have a little baby feature, then he's just gonna miss out on a whole lot of streams because little baby is the hottest rapper out in the game right now numbers wise i have to say numbers wise because you know the type of climate we're in but anyways um <laughs> pride is the devil is the best song on the album j cole comes with it with the bars at the beginning the chorus is amazing the um the chemistry between j well no not chemistry because they don't go back and forth but the way that j cole comes and then the way that little baby comes in he really because if you don't know at the beginning when the album first came out nobody knew what the features were he pulled a, a travis scott in the way of which i don't know if travis scott was the first one to do this i just it was the most notable that i remember from listening to the actual um astroworld album but what he did was he didn't show any of the features on the track list so when you heard features and it was notable people like it wasn't somebody like who is this like it was notable artists when they came on the track you it was a, it was a genuine surprise and I, I really like that so the way j cole set up this little baby feature i don't think you could have set it up any better and the way that little baby just came with it i mean it's it's little baby at this point it's, it's a formula with him and he's he's going crazy he's, he's honestly the top of, of the new guys right now so j cole and little baby is is uh well it's, it's a very welcome track as as a lot of people wanted this to happen and but they didn't know it would happen like it's just one of those things like man i wish j cole and little baby would make a track and then you just go on with your life like and, and it actually happens so i think this is the best track off of the album this is the last snippet i'm gonna play for the album here goes pride is the devil you're gonna hear j cole's part and little baby's part but i'm gonna put it in the section where it won't take up too much of your time so here's the snippet because at the same time you know i can't play the whole track like you gotta experience it for yourself but anyways, this is my favorite track off the album. Pride is the Devil, J. Cole, Lil Baby. Terrified, paranoid, I put you over everything to fill the void. And when you're gone, will I have anything or will I be destroyed? Yeah. Too much money to count, what's the amount? Ten of a bounce, I got a pen to add it up. Then pay somebody to make sure whatever amount he said, can bag it up. Direct some racks, I'm racking up, stacking up. You reaching or acting up. Break it down, weigh it up, not back it up. Make a five of mine, that's regular. Playing with us, that's negative. Go back to start, that's never. I'm a boss, my closet never. Ain't no off days on my schedule. Long as I live, we live forever. Told my twin and get better, you can then slip, let me ahead of Got my feet up, I been sending bad to have on the jet. I don't need them, that's in the past. I'm feeling like what's next. Got my speed up, foot all on the gas, just not a CA vet. I can beat them. I believe in me, just tell me what's the bet How my pride gone, had to lose it all and I got rich I own five homes, glad some of this shit starting to make sense I'm staying hella focused, and I can't forget the bigger picture I can't even hold you, I didn't have shit, I won't forget it Will I be destroyed? Come to me with everything, it's starting to get annoying I'ma dig this, dig this, dig this, thing it's crazy, I know it All this money coming in, it drive me crazy, not to show it I'll be crazy if I blow it Pride is the devil I think it got a hold on me. Pride is the devil. Mm. So yeah, that's the best track off the album. And I would say it's not close, but I don't want to discredit any of the other I don't want to discredit any of the other tracks off of the project. But Pride is the Devil is the best. <laughs> um track number eight, Let Go of My Ham, J. Cole, Boss, and Black. I almost said six lag. The way that he 
he has to change that like nobody's gonna look at that and be like oh that's black like come on now like you can't put a six in front of lack and people are gonna think it's black like it's anyways i've already went over that um let go of my hand is a great song i really like the dynamic off of j cole and, and black of course they've collabed in the past i think i think they've collabed i don't know Actually, I don't know if they collabed in the past, but the the uh, the, the dynamic of J. Cole and, and Black was great. Um, I don't really talk about Boss too much on this project. Boss was on this track and the um, and the hundred mil track and the last track on the album. But really, he's just there for for um, singing purposes, which is not bad. Obviously, he can sing, and but he's more of a, a contribution to trans. To, to getting you to one verse to the next and also to fill those little spots that J. Cole stops rapping because because like I spoke on with at the beginning of the project, J. Cole doesn't really um he doesn't like the way he raps, he raps for a, a, a small amount of time. I already went over this. <laughs> so Boz fill those holes when he's not rapping and, and he fills it tremendously, honestly. Track number nine, Interlude, was the single he came out before the album. I thought that this was a whole overhyped track and and I was correct when I got into the project. He had a lot more heat than Interlude, which I knew he probably would. But at the same time, he was like, oh, my gosh, he rapped for like five seconds. It was the greatest thing ever. Like, Interlude was okay. But compared to the rest of the track, well, compared to the rest of the project, it was just a good song. Track number 10, The Climb Back, I think is one of J. Cole's best verses ever. The Climb Back really has the hunger the delivery the vocal inflection that i was looking for from j cole and the sample going along with it it just matches like it, it's just a match it's just a match made like for uh j cole like it's just the best combination of sample and j cole's lyrics and it, it's one of the i think the climb back is one of j cole's best songs ever the reason why I don't say it's the best song in this project is because it's already came out. So I, I think that's kind of cheating. Track number 11, Close. It's a good song. I don't really have too much to say about it. J. Cole's rapping, basically rapping up the uh, project the best way he could. And then the last track, uh, track number 12, Hunger on the Hillside. Hunger on Hillside by J. Cole and then Boz filling in the parts where J. Cole doesn't rap. Um, I think it's a great ending to the project. The offs and then getting into the actual project the off season is a great album like it's definitely one of the best albums of the year probably one of probably my favorite album of the year and that's saying something because people think like i hate j cole which is it's kind of funny because it's one of those things that you you come with a uh, objective opinion and sometimes when they don't match the masses they 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 say that you're a hater <laughs> like that's always how it works if you don't like something that everybody else likes they call you a hater so you know how that goes but anyways the off season is a great project um, I don't really have too much else. I don't have what else do I have to say about it? I don't have anything else to say about it, really. Um, let me see. Oh, okay, let's get into sales. So academics projected that this album will do 310k, which th is 310,000 for those that didn't, you know, those kind of slow. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> the actual uh, projections of this album will put this at number one debut in the United States. And his new album, all of his tracks are ch charting. And I think he's the first artist to do... No, no, I think Rod Wave did that. But J. Cole is the first to do that at this high of a rate. And he's going to have the number one for at least 
two weeks, I think, because I don't see a big drop off from week one to week two. J. Cole is a conscious rapper, which means that his second week may not be as high as his first week. Like Moneybag Yo, he has a consistent two weeks of, of projections because his his music is very replayable. As far as the offseason, J. Cole, I feel like this album is very replay like the replayability on this album is, is very high. Especially having Little Baby and 21 Savage on it. And with tracks like 100 mil and the in the and Mary Amari, I don't know. I don't I'm I already said it. I don't, I don't buy that type of stuff. <laughs> I think that this I think the replayability on this album is, is one of the is some this has the highest one of the highest replayability replayability um i don't even know the word anyways and in j cole's discography like i think this is one of j cole's best albums honestly and it's just because he's he's just he's, he's really switching up he switched up the the patterns on every single track like the way that he came in the way that he changed up his choruses his, his vocal inflection the way that he executed his raps his verses is just and he kept some of the tracks short but they're catchy so that adds to the replayability factor it's just one of the uh best projects in j cole's career honestly so yeah that's that's all i really have for the uh not all i have really had like I, I talked a lot about this album and, and i really liked it and that's why but um yeah the off season so what do y'all think about it click my link tree in my bio let me know on one of my social medias what do you think is the best track off of j cole's off season and now we're going to switch it up and get into Nicki Minaj, Beam Me Up, Scotty. I fell back, I had a baby, you know. I did the mother thing, I did the white thing. Yeah. But I think it's quite clear now. You need the bad guy. Hey, yo. I'm the one who run the city with they armed and vicious Accusations on them blogs and they all fictitious I done bent the realest blocks, pushed the hardest sixes Keep a couple killers that don't care how far them licks is Look, act like they want action, heard they want action We ain't ducking no action, I'm about to get them that traction Send a distraction, then I'ma line them like fractions break, I let them live, look at all them eating But don't be mad once I call this meeting Cause they gotta move around Once the queen is queening About to put out all this Cause my fiends is fiending uh. We're gonna be getting into Nicki Minaj Beam Me Up Scotty Now at first When listening to this I thought this was Like I don't know if this is because I'm not an actual barb That's the actual fan base The, the cult following of Nicki Minaj Which I do not take a part of because I would I'm not calling myself a barb at any point out of the day out of my week out of my life <laughs> like I'm not calling myself a barb so um Nicki Minaj beat me up Scotty it's a re-release of her tw uh, 2009 mixtape beat me up Scotty and but now it's been tweaked to add three songs scene green featuring the dynamic the classic, the legendary trio, and Drake, Lil Wayne, and Nicki Minaj. Then it's followed up by the solo offering from Onika Mirage, as uh, Aubrey calls her, Fractions, which you just heard the snippet at the beginning of the segment. 
Then you have Crocodile Tears Remix with Skillib. Okay, I'm not even gonna try that. So, Crocodile Tears Remix, y'all can look that up. And whoever the artist is that she does does this with, um, y'all can tell me how to say that. So, uh, yeah. So, Minaj's last studio album, I believe, was in 2018, which she had Queen. She had Queen. Okay, it was Queen, and it peaked at number two on the Billboard 200 chart, which she went crazy when it was number two. Like, she was calling Travis Scott all type of names, cheating, like all that. Like, he, was, she was basically saying that man was selling, like, underwear and socks to, to promote his, to, to uh, and adding that to his album sales and, and had nothing to do with music, which she was kind of right. But at the same time, it's not like she didn't do the same thing. She just did the same thing and it didn't work nearly to the level of Travis Scott because, of course, Travis Scott was with Kylie at the time. And the rollout for Astro World was one of the best rollouts I've ever seen, like, honestly. like. And then the parent and then uh, pairing that with the apparel that he was putting out, like he's already a fashion. He's looked at as like one of the fashion icons and the hip hop genre with him being with Kylie Kylie promoting it like it just went through the roof and of course Nicki Minaj came in number two and she was just not happy about it so the actual album though getting into the music this is a 23 track album take away the three songs it's a 20 track mixtape the first three tracks are pretty good in my opinion actually uh, if we're just talking about seeing green i think this is the best track that's came that's came out this year because the dynamic of nikki wayne and drake is just off the charts way better than any other trio in the rap game currently like the way that these three play off of each other is just something to to behold honestly because the way that they rap is already top tier and for them to come together and, and have even better chemistry is just something that's very very unheard of for this amount of time that they've been popping so seeing green in my opinion is the best track of 2021 they all came with very solid above average legendary type verses especially drake and that was going to be the first snippet I played off of this album, but because of the length of Drake's verse, I'm going I'm going to play that at the end and just get into the rest of the the rest of uh Nicki's offering. Then we get into Fractions. You heard the snippet at the beginning of the segment. I thought that track was very solid. Track number 3, Crocodile Tears or <laughs> Crocodile Teeth remix is um very average in my opinion because Nicki Minaj raps for like I think a minute and I really like that part and then some other guy comes on and I feel like ruins the whole thing so I don't know what type of market she's trying to um put that to or she's trying to market that to but I, I just don't think having that other like that other person in my opinion ruined the track like if we had seen green fractions and then another track with a notable feature and I think that would have been better. But this one is not doing anything for her as far as streaming goes. So, But then we get into the mixtape. Now, the mixtape, at first, because I'm not a barb, I thought that this was original music. So I was like, wow, Nikki's rapping like, Nikki's rapping like crazy. Like, she's going crazy. And then, like, the whole project, I'm listening. I'm like, wow, Nikki's, I'm not going to say she's bad because I like the Queen album because I think Nikki's the best female rapper to ever 
grace of might but as far as the mixtape i thought this was original music because of Nicki minaj's rapping level like i just thought that this was just music she just put out like i thought she she had this in the tuck i was like wow why she not why she been not put this out but come to find out she did in, in 2009 so <laughs> i experienced this like a first time listener and some of the tracks off of this mixtape is just very um very very con, con um what's the word contagious no it's not contagious i forget the word but basically it was stuck in my head like it, it was just one of those type of tracks that just replayed over and over some of the verses were just fire and so that's why i'm gonna break this mixtape down like we never heard it before and this is the first time we're all listening to it because i'm pretty sure people listen to it as she was trending number one like over j cole at times while j cole dropped his like new new project with like 100 percent new material so the barb fan base is one of the best online fan bases in the history of fan bases like Nicki minaj has one of those cult like followings that you just you just look at and just like yeah we can't really com compete with this at all which she touches on i think she touches on in one of the tracks i forget which one but basically she says no one girl can take me down it took a whole corporation uh and big wigs to actually try to compete with me like she basically taking shots at cardi saying that cardi is not on her level it's just her label and them trying to push against her which makes sense because the Migos did drop a track and then uh when they tweeted it Nicki Minaj later tweeted lol and people thought that she was, people didn't know what she was talking about but some a few people did point out that uh, Migos is dropping in Atlantic wants to ruin her so that was pretty interesting that little beef between Nicki and Atlantic and for Atlantic to have Cardi B that just that's probably what really set off the beef to the highest extent track number four getting which is the first track off of the actual mixtape but the fourth track off of the whole project shy rag by Nicki minaj and g herbo now i had no idea Nicki minaj and g herbo has so much chemistry as far as going back and forth on the track like shy rag is one of my favorite tracks off of this project like the way that Nicki was rapping the way that g herbo was rapping like this, this these was just legendary verses and then just playing off of each other it had me feeling like i was like wow like nikki's really going crazy like this is before i even realized that this was came out way back in 2009 i was like wow this is a great track for nikki angie herbo like this is just great chemistry and throughout this whole project you kind of get a feel of what Nicki, <laughs> you kind of get a feel of what nikki minaj's type is like you like i mean she basically put um gucci man on here about 20 times throughout the project like of course i'm exaggerating but he's on here a lot and i'm just like wow that's gucci Mane, uh uh g herbo um meek mill no just play meek mill's not on the project but i'm just saying like you kind of get a feel of what Nicki minaj's type is and which is probably why um drake probably wasn't as is um successful with courting Nicki minaj as, as some of the other gangster rappers let's just say that that realm is very uh something she's attracted to i mean she even did a song with six nine so um track number five i'm just gonna call this boss aka bab <laughs> so this is the first snippet i have from the project and listening to this track now 
there's certain tracks that you listen to that you can never play with a whole lot of guys around like this is the type of track that if you get in the car and your man's getting the car and then you, your other two guys get in the car and y'all going somewhere this is not the go-to track when you say pass me the ox like this is the type of track you listen by yourself and you just appreciate it for the lyricism and the quality of the track for females, it's probably a whole nother story. They probably play this when they brushing their teeth, when they go into church, when they leave church, when they go to school, when they leave school. This is a track definitely emp empowering females, women. I don't know what offends people nowadays. Basically, the other... I, I don't even know. Can I say the other... The other gender? No, I think that's definitely offensive. I don't know, man. I don't, I don't know what's offensive, what's not. I'm just... I'm, I'm, I'm just dreams, man. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. But this track is, is one of my favorites off of the mixtape. And I'm going to play a snippet basically showcasing the bars that Nicki had over this whole entire beat. Like, it was just very, very infectious. And, and, and replayability factor is through the roof. But, like I said, do not play this around your guy friends if you're a guy. Because they may look at you a certain type of way. Anyways, <laughs> let's get into the snippet of BAB, aka Boss. You know I still lead the league in scoring You know I'm still bad and I'm still foreign I'ma give time to get hot Chill out at the game, New York, nigga, Bach If they actually got bars, it could rock But if not, I'ma destroy chicks a lot Oh, but on the bill, I'm in Albemarle Just drop this freestyle before these files get old When I lay low, be safe and sound When I come back, they better not make a sound So yeah, that's a little snippet Y'all can listen to the track if in, in full length because it's a four minute track and best believe she's going off that entire four minutes like that's some I don't want to going back to J. Cole that's something that J. Cole doesn't really do like he doesn't rap for that amount of time and doesn't like take a break like the way that Nicki Minaj like she had like at least three or four verses on this one track so I will listen to that in full length like this is a, I, I highly recommend listening to this track because Obviously, this is one of my favorites off of the project, as that was one of my three snippets that I had for it. So, but then again, for the guys, for the fellas, please don't play that around your other guy friends. Just, just keep that to yourself. That you like that track and that you play that frequently. But if you get around other guys, you know you may, may be looked at a certain type of way. <laughs> so yeah, get to track number six, the intro. Uh, I mean, it's an intro, so it's not really too crazy. I mean. Not, what am I gonna say? It's a bad intro. Like it's, it's good. Like I don't have nothing to say about it. Track number seven, itty bitty piggy. Now the internet loved this track for some reason. I thought this track was good. Not one of the standouts, but of course, Nicki had. There wasn't a bad Nicki verse on this whole project. So itty bitty piggy for me was solid. Track number eight, I get crazy featuring Lil Wayne. I love this song. I think the dynamic between Wayne and Nicki is just off the charts, which is one of the reasons why they they've stayed solid throughout these years because they probably recognize that so i get crazy it's just an amazing track track number nine killed the dj playing off the club vibe and how the djs scratch up the uh tracks and everything like that so i just love the the way that the dj and Nicki minaj goes back and forth 
and yeah i thought that track was solid track number 10 is not really a track Nicki minaj speaks so it's, it's, it's not a track at all um track number 11 slumber party featuring gucci Mane. now i'm gonna be honest gucci Mane is on here like 100 million times i didn't like a single gucci Mane track i think gucci and Nicki's chemistry is not really um it's not there like music wise it's not there like obviously he's on this, he's on this mixtape this many times for a reason i don't think it's for music so uh yeah i don't really i don't think the dynamic music wise is that great track number 12 that has gucci Mane on again so i don't like it i, I literally like I, I i scratched off all the gucci Mane songs off of this album like i didn't i don't like their dynamic at all like for some reason but i still like nikki's verse uh, track number 13, Gotta Go Hard, featuring Lil Wayne. I think this is when Nicki got on her singing uh, tip. And I, I really liked that. I, I thought that was very nice switch up for, for Nicki Minaj. And the way that Nicki Minaj and Drake has stayed relevant throughout these years is because they can sing and rap. like, And they can still adapt and rap better than anybody else in the industry. So, Well, I don't know about Drake. But Nicki can definitely rap better than any of the female car- counterparts. Well, female competition or female peers and that's why I say Nicki is one of the best female rappers ever track number 14 Nicki Minaj speaks to I don't think that this is too um, this doesn't really do anything for me because uh, Nicki Minaj is just speaking like on this track so it's not it's not crazy I mean she's very provocative through Nicki Minaj speaks too so if you want to listen for that I mean you can but like be kind of weird <laughs> Anyways, track number 15, Best I Ever Had Remix by Nicki Minaj and Drake. I listened to this, and that's when I was like, this definitely, this project definitely came out a while ago because I've heard Best I Ever Had. Of course, I'm a huge Drake fanatic. I know every, I'm, I basically know every Drake song. So if I hear even a track that has a sample from one of Drake's tracks, then I'm, I'm a, like, when Tory Lanez dropped Nunchucks, when we had when he had the nunchucks track off of uh, Playboy and it sampled that track from Drake's uh, I think it was Take Care I don't know what it was I think it was Take Care um, I, I immediately noticed that that was a Drake sample like I know it probably wasn't like a specific Drake sample but that sample was the first time the first time I heard that sample was from Drake so now it's a Drake sample <laughs> that's how it works in my brain track number 16 keys under palm trees this is where it gets to the point where she's wrapping up the mixtape i thought it was solid track number 17 silly nothing too crazy but it was definitely not below average track number 18 has gucci Mane on it you know how i feel about that track number 19 Nicki minaj is just speaking and then we get into track number 20 track number 20 is i don't know it's a very dated chorus and and chorus pattern like the way that the chorus goes is very dated but for some reason it works for me because at this point i figured that this just came out 2009 so i'm i'm like wow i'm judging this like it just came out now like i really need to give this some 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 leeway because it came out that long ago it just really sounds good because she's a great fantastic rapper so envy was one of my favorite tracks off of the project and definitely my second snippet out of the three that i'm gonna play so you can hear envy for yourself and how Nicki Minaj was going back and forth, well not back and forth, but was 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 delivering a great chorus, even though dated, it was still great. And she also gave a good verse. So here goes Envy by Nicki Minaj right now. Like, look, 
options Cause I pack shows, sell ticks like Boston Catch your back, how I the f*** they coughing Oh, I had him sick, let me give that coughing I say coughing, you can say casket There's no trash, but where's the wastebasket? Where's my hat and where's my straight jacket? Yep, they checking, back to May backing Everything I do, I wanna do it too I guess, guess you, just give to my low I just can't go, I flew to St. Lou Back to kill yo, they blow like HQ Why is it that they make Nikki a target? Just cause this little picky went to the market Marketing steps, they market it Market with an X, they talking them checks now. Now, now, all they do is in me. Don't they know what's in me? Don't they know I'm coming back? Swinging for that in me. Why would they offend me? Why they go against me? Don't they know I'm coming back? Swinging for that. Swinging for. Swinging for. Swinging for. Swinging for. Well, yeah, that's when I knew that this was kind of dated but at the same time i really like this track i feel like it was great on uh, rep the replayability factor of the track was high and as far as the chorus i liked it even though it, it definitely sounds dated so but it came out in 2009 so that's when i was like well can't really fault it for that track number 21 can anybody hear me uh i really liked the track i thought that track was great track number 22 still i rise Nicki minaj definitely showcasing why she's the best female rapper ever track number 23 beat me up scotty is the ending of the mixtape with the last track being the name of the actual mixtape beat me up scotty and i just thought it was a great ending to the whole project and at that point i was just like wow like Nicki Minaj is really the, is just really the female goat. Like she's just one of those that she's just she's just different. Like she's been around this amount of time, can drop a 2009 mixtape and it still sounds great. Like that's just unheard of, honestly. Like people fall off in, in three years and call it the whole career. Like Nicki Minaj is dropping things from like decades ago and still making it relevant. Like it's just it's just a different level, honestly. Um. Getting back into track number one, Seeing Green by Nicki Minaj, Drake, and Lil Wayne, because I did say I was going to play the Drake verse, because something stood out for me from this track. And the thing that stood out for me is that they finally, well, Drake finally, Drake always says, like, he's the best, but he's finally said he's the GOAT. And I said, I feel like when you say you're the best, it's different from the GOAT, because when you're the best, I feel like you're kind of referencing your peers and your counterparts and how you're just better than them. But... He said that he's the GOAT. That means he's now saying he's better than Wayne. And this is the update. This is not no 2009 verse. This is a today verse. <laughs> this is a, a verse that he gave for the for the masses currently, like current time. He said he's the GOAT. That means greater, greater than Wayne, greater than Jay-Z, greater than Biggie, greater than Tupac. And not only did he say it, Lil, one, no, I don't think Wayne said it. But Nikki definitely said it. She said the K-I-N-G, talking about Wayne. The GOAT, talking about Drake. And the Queen, talking about her. So, they both said Drake and Nikki has come to a conclusion that Drake, after all this time, is the GOAT. And I like that. I like. I hope Drake... I mean, obviously, you can't say that too many times because then people are going to start really hating. Like, people already... Some people already hate Drake. But it's just because of how successful he is. But as far as being the GOAT, like, he can't say that too often. Like, you know how LeBron got so much flack when he said he was the great. He said, yeah, I'm going to come back because I'm the greatest player to ever play basketball. Like, remember when he said that? Like, and everybody was killing him. Like, I feel like Drake could have got that off in this track because I don't see too many people killing him. But if he says it again, then, um, yeah, people going to start being like, wait, hold on, man. You, you, 
you can't keep saying that like it's just a fact like biggie tupac jay-z like you know so um as far as what i think i think that he is the greatest uh, performing rapper of all time like as far as numbers wise even performing like if you see a drake performance like a drake performance is one of the best drake is one of the best performers you can go to non-dancing performers you can go to like because chris brown bruno mars blows him out the water but drake as a rapper is one of the greatest numbers artists ever like he's, he's just he's he's the goat honestly that's why he's getting a decade that's why he's getting artists of the decade from billboard because you don't get that from just being relevant for three to five years like he, he's doubled that so i like him claiming he's the goat and I feel like if he says that again, he'll probably get more backlash. But I kind of I like that energy coming from him because at, at, at some point you have to start saying things and put put them in uh, fru- fruition. I think that's the word. I don't know. You know, I be I just you know it's a podcast. I throw out words. I see if it sticks. If it doesn't, and I take it back. I didn't mean it at all. But if it does work, then I definitely meant to say that. So. uh with, with Drake, he definitely meant to say the GOAT. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that, that was very, very... Uh, I feel like that was a milestone. That That's one of the parts where Drake finally said, I am greater than all you. <laughs> you know how he talks, but I'm greater than all of you. Like, all of you. I'm the greatest of all time. Like, I really like that energy coming from him. And he just delivered a great verse to end off this Seeing Green track featuring the classic tr- uh, trio, so... Yeah, let's get. I'm. I'm a, okay, so that's it for uh, the Nicki Minaj breakdown. So let me know on one of my social medias. Click my link tree in my bio, and just let me know what do you, what is your favorite track off of the 2009 mixtape, and also what do you think of Drake and Nicki Minaj calling him the goat, calling Drake the goat. So yeah, now we're gonna get into the Mass Effect. Now we're going to get into the legendary, the notorious, like I don't even know what other words to say before, Mass Effect Legendary Edition. We're going to get into that right after we play the Drake verse from Seeing Green that we're going to end the segment with. You know, one of the perils of making money is you can afford to be dramatic. Y'all some drama queens for real. It's all good though. You now tune into the biggest ever. YMCMB, Tunchi Lee, Young Angel, Young Lion, man. Y'all boys get on the track with Onika Mirage and y'all still dying, man. What's up? We in this. This ain't gonna be the first time that I do numbers on two crutches. Seen more plaques than two brushes. Until I'm at the pearly white gates, I gotta move something, do something. All meetings happen in person so they can't prove nothing. Known her eight years and still like a new husband trying to run a country like Putin one day but who's rushing who's bluffing for real who you hugging who you want to be loving I play 48 minutes on a torn meniscus who's subbing El Chico luxury want to see my ball so bad I started up a league for me you can't trouble me from the double tree step your sweets up I get Oliver to set the beats up 2021 I had to wet the streets up your girl was better in the morning like a slice of pizza. That's when I had to hit her with the nice to meet you. You 
think you doing damage, you just hyping me up. Face who? I can see a wall of y'all, all of y'all, and run straight through. Trust is all fun and games until I wanna play too. Adios mio, the ice is frio on the Jesus. It's bringing me closer to God. I'm already close to the mob. I'm already known as the GOAT. Can try and get close, but you won't. I already packed the garage. None of these is a dodge. None of this is a facade. None of this is a mirage. Thought I was seeing things when I was seeing green. Six G-O-D. CMB. Yes, sir. Okay, getting into this, we're definitely gonna break this down in a way that everybody can enjoy it because I'm gonna be talking about this for an extended period of time as this podcast wouldn't be what it what what it is, what it was, how it was created, if not for this legendary trilogy that came from Bioware that was published by EA that changed my life changed many people's life while playing it not to get too um overly dramatic the mass effect legendary legendary that messed it up i don't know the mass effect legendary edition remaster is here in all of its glory glory for those that have never played the franchise for those that want to revisit the franchise and for those that enjoy the franchise so much that they have played the old versions of the games about a hundred million million times over. Now what I'm talking about is of course the notorious Mass Effect Legend Legendary Edition. The remastered collection includes the three games and all of the DLC. And it's playable on every console. So what you get from this is a whole is what you get from this is a complete experience of what the developers wanted you to get from day one. The DLC is already included, so it's already in the game. So you will run across DLC in the game, like it's just part of the game. And for new for first time players, it's gonna be like you're not gonna know what's DLC and what's the regular game because you haven't played it before. Now, as far as me, I've played the trilogies, but I never really played the deal. Not I never like I didn't play the DLCs at all. So I'm a get I'm going to get a new experience too playing this again, which I'm very excited for. Like I've already been playing it. Of course, I mean I don't even know if I could even keep this podcast name the same if I played this game uh, or if I didn't play this game. So like I I had to experience this again as the DLC makes it that much sweeter as the actual experience will change for me for the better obviously for people that are wondering what's so special about the legendary edition because it still looks kind of old it's not the fact it's not a so with if you've played final fantasy i think 14 remake no no final fantasy 7 remake or if you play any other type of remake, you will know the difference between a remaster. For those that don't know the difference between a remake and a remaster, the biggest differences is that 
a remake is completely renovating the gameplay, the story mechanics, all the well, the story, the, the the gameplay mechanics, all of that. A remaster is basically putting a fine coat of of paint over what was old. So you're changing a lot of the little things while keeping the essential cores of the game the same. Now, the the, the biggest example for for this would be the final fantasy 7 remake because if you look at the original final fantasy 7 game compared to the remake you wouldn't even recognize like it's a very obvious difference of 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 the two games like one is like a side scroller rpg the other one is like a a first person slap not first person a third person action adventure game like it is totally different as far as this this is a a remaster so it's more of a uh, putting a putting a upgraded detail job over what was what originally came out 2007 so the biggest things I can tell you from like actually playing it is that for people who played the Mass Effect 1 game getting into the actual new remastered version everything loads faster this is this is basically like if a PS4 game went to no no it's basically like if a PS3 game went to PS5 and they upgraded everything like that's basically what this is like they upgraded the loading time some of the aiming mechanics the way that that some of the characters interact um the DLC is already included so that's not a, a problem like it was in the original or like it was before the legendary edition came out like you had to download it separately you had to find out which one to download and even that would be way more like you have to pay money for the actual game the DLCs the other game the DLCs and then the third game in the DLCs and that's way more than what they're charging for everything combined so i feel like this is a great bang for your buck as what some reviewers say I, I don't like i don't really get into those type of terms but i don't know how else to explain it but basically saying that they're giving you a lot of content for the price offering and for people I, i've i've gotten the question of are they going to go on sale in like a month or two maybe two months maybe three but definitely not in the upcoming month because this game is literally giving you everything for the price of one like before that the legend the um the trilogy did come all in one package but the dlcs didn't come with it for the legendary edition they're literally upgrading everything the loading times some of the little uh, quality of life changes like the menu changes in mass effect one is very improved like they actually show you the comparisons of the guns that sometimes you can you can um, take some of the weapons and, and use and if you're not using them convert them into omni gel which is some of the current in-game currency which you could not do in mass effect one basically the menu was a mess it was hard to get through it it was one of the worst interfaces out of the whole trilogy but now it's very upgraded and so the legendary edition even offers more than what they tried to do in the past by just putting the three games all in one package as far as players who are wondering like what was gonna what this like returning players are gonna be like what what is this gonna do for me like why why should i return to the franchise if i already played it 
Now, like I keep saying, the DLC is already included, so it's going to be a whole new experience because I think one of the DLC no, not I think, I know, one of the DLC characters in Mass Effect 2 shows up, shows up really early and, and is a very important character going throughout the game, which I didn't have that experience because I didn't have the DLCs. One of the DLCs at the end of the game, which is like a conclusion, all your characters who are still alive <laughs> come together and have a party. I didn't get that experience because I didn't have that current DLC. That was the last DLC that the publishers ever put out for the game. But because I already completed it, I was like, I'm not going back. Like, there's no way to go back. I don't know if I, like, is spoilers even a thing with a 10 year old game? Like, I don't even know. I'm not going to spoil too much. Basically, at the end of Mass Effect 3, there's no, like, after the end, it's over. Like, there's no, okay, keep playing the game and just have fun. Like, at the end of the game, you if people who play Mass Effect 3, they know it's, it's over. Like, something happens and there's no going after that. <laughs> so, the, the last DLC they put was before that mission. And so, for the experience, you will get that whole entire DLC genuinely introduced into the game before that big mission so you will feel like it's a better ending honestly and even the the mass effect creator or director came out and 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 had hopes that this would change the overwhelmingly negative perception of the ending now as far as what i think i don't think the ending was that bad i mean at the end of the day it had to end some type of way and for people want okay that was a notification i got so disregard that the um the ending that i got was was like one of the three endings you could get but at the same time the journey throughout the whole series makes up for that ending because the ending is not terrible like with the dlcs included it made more sense to why it ended that way but for people who didn't have the dlcs it was just like it just ended abruptly like even the ending was revamped by the producers but as dlc so that's one of the things like it's a whole new experience even for players who have already played the game so that's why i'm playing it again like i'm not one of those that play again game 20 million times just because i like it like no i need something new to make me come to to make me want to play it so um that's the that's the hook that they that hooked me honestly and that's why i'm telling you that because for people who are coming back to the franchise i will understand on why it would be why you would be hesit hesitant to play it and the mass mass effect games aren't even that long like i heard people saying oh this is gonna i'm gonna be playing this to like 2023 like the mass effect games are as long as you want it to be like obviously to get certain endings you have to play a certain amount but even that amount is not a lot compared to games like gta um I think even the witcher is longer than the mass effect trilogy like the, the witcher trilogy i think is longer than the mass effect trilogy if you go just with the main plot points and stuff so the mass effect games aren't that long especially one one is literally the shortest like you could play that two times and still be done in a like two weeks so for people who are wondering the games aren't that long i'm literally playing the first one i'm already almost done because it's, it's not a long game at all and the way that it's structured, the DLC and everything makes it even longer. So you can choose to play that or not, because at the end of the day, it's DLC is added on content. It's not, uh, it's not, well, for two and three, it is very important for the story. But for the first one, it's, it's like, it's just added on. Like they, they didn't, for the first one, they didn't know if it was going to get a two and three. Like it was a very, it was like an anomaly. Like it just blew up out of nowhere. It has a real 
cult following which is why it's not really mainstream but at the same time it's not like obviously this came out at this point in time like after a pandemic for a reason like ea knows what the fans wants they just hold it until like they need a lot of money <laughs> but like i just said it gives you a lot of bang for your buck it's not one of those ripoffs where it's like okay pay 30 dollars for this game 30 dollars for that game and now 30 dollars for the third game and then 10 dollars 10 dollars for all the dlc like no it's just all in one package so i think it's a really great deal for those who are really enjoy the mass effect series and for those that want to get into the mass effect genre just as far as like rpg like this is one of the greatest rpg games ever and and when you play it you will understand why literally every choice you make can affect certain things in the story like it will come a point in time where you would do something and then you would go to YouTube to look up all the different outcomes because you was like, wow, I really did it this way when I kept seeing it done this way. Like, okay, I'm gonna spoil something. For, for Mass Effect 1, there's a mission when you have to go find Liara's mom. So as far as people who have played it, they will know what I'm talking about. For new people, I probably won't spoil too much. So you're, you're finding Liara's mom on this certain planet and when you get to a certain station you have these guys you talk to and then like you can talk to the doctors and everything but it seems kind of sketchy now for my playthrough i already knew what happened i already knew what it was about so the door there's a door that they don't guard at all but if you cross that door like all like you know what breaks loose i opened that door everything broke loose but i already since I knew some of the, the mechanics of the game. I got through it and because it wasn't that hard for me because I already know what happens and I already knew they was like kind of the bad guys. So I took all of them out and just went straight to the boss. But for other people who are new, they would probably go through all the little branching trees and then talking to them on that, on that station, asking them what happened, uh, helping them out with things just to end up doing what I did at the start. So it's, it's little things like that. Like, it is is very different than other games there's so many different ways you can attack a mission than the very one path that's generic at this point for me which is why i call this game the greatest of all time because no other game has replicated that successfully um getting into the actual ending the reason that the the creator thinks that the ending will make more sense for for newcomers and even people who have played it again is that it's the extended part was dlc like i just said so that's a part of the legendary edition that you are genuine that it will come um naturally into the game so for people who have played all of the dlc well for people who haven't played all of the dlc they will get a completely new experience going into the final mission than they would have otherwise and, they, and and hopefully that gives them a more um broader approach or broader hopefully that gives them a different perspective and they don't hold that same negative thoughts they have towards bioware because of the ending like in my opinion i think it's more about the journey than the ending because some of the stories that you get throughout this like game is something that you like remember forever like you will even go back and be like okay i wonder what this person got i wonder what squad this person had or how many people this per like it's one of those type of games you will look up online what all the different outcomes was for like one specific part of a mission like it's one of like 
it's so expansive and so detailed so many different ways they literally think of everything one of the different things that i think that's that's really apparent is that for mass effect fans that the the citadel dlc which is another spoiler if none of your this is this an option where none of your squad mates can survive but three think about that the whole game is about you and your squad mates but your squad mates can die at different parts throughout the story that changes the story forever for you but other people can have that same squad mate and have all type of dialogue with them throughout the whole rest of the game like it's that detailed and of an experience so for the ending for the for the citadel dlc you can end up only there's only three squad mates that can that have no chance of dying i'm just gonna spoil that part because the three characters don't really matter um the ed the the um the ai of of the of the ship like forms a body or whatever that that person that that thing i don't know what it is can't die um there's another guy named james vega i believe he can't die and then there's a girl who who likes other girls on the ship she can't die so that's it that's like none of the main like the main characters they all can die but the those are the main characters that are not as significant so they don't really have a any type of option where they die it's very important to say that because you make the wrong choices you could end up having um a lot of your favorite members dying like it's one of those type of it's like a series like anybody can die it's, it's one of those type of series like even Shepard at some points can die and you have to read like obviously you know how they have the game over and then you go back and then you try it again literally the last mission there's a whole path where everybody can die and Shepard in the third game you can't start it because Shepard died so you have to go back and either play that mission again or just not play the third game. Like that's literally like the the detail that goes into this trilogy is something that has been matched in any other game. Like I don't even know. Like the way that they thought of this game, I would just love to be a fly on the wall. Like yeah, let's just make it so there's like 20 million different outcomes and every single outcome um, is a certain path to get. Like it's 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 very thoughtful. Like. It, it definitely your time is very time time is one of the most valuable things in my opinion bioware and the mass effect trilogy takes your time and and respects all of it like respects every amount of of time you put into the game and rewards you at certain missions and in certain parts of the story for putting in that amount of time which no other game really does. Like, sometimes I feel like games is wasting my time. With the Mass Effect trilogy, I never feel like that at any part of the game. Now, some of the tips and tricks for uh, Mass Effect, the Legendary Edition. Of course, for first-timers, there's things you need to know, like... Picking your class, like, getting certain trophies. But we're not going to talk about all that, because that's more, more of the nerdy stuff. But some of the things i want to say is if you want to get the best ending out of these games is to pick either fully paragon or, or fully renegade those are the two options you have in the game Par oh i dropped my phone um paragon is the good option quote unquote renegade is the bad option quote unquote both of them are on this on different sides of the same coin meaning like you're not going to be a villain ever but the bad way to handle things is more like it's not really bad it's more like of a um a nar not a narcissist but like 
more of a uh, aggressive approach than the oh let's talk things out so that's the best way I can do uh, I can explain that so with Paragon and Renegade for me I'm going fully Paragon for you I would if you want the best ending the, you will have to go fully Paragon or fully rene Renegade because some of the dialogue tree options are locked at certain parts if you don't have enough skill so I will look up personally I would try to full to fill out either my Paragon or Renegade bar so that for when, when, when those certain story moments happen, you can save certain squad mates or certain uh, members uh, on your team because you have a high enough level. So to get the best ending, definitely out of Mass Effect 2, I would do all of the um, first do all of the, the um, loyalty missions. You know what that is when you get into the game. It's, it's pretty apparent. Like they tell you like, hey, do this. So yeah, do all those. And then um, either go fully Paragon or Renegade. I think being in the middle kind of hurts your experience as far as the dialogue tree when you get into the advanced, advanced uh, story modes. That's probably the best piece of advice I could give for Mass Effect. Like, Honestly, going back and forth between Paragon and Renegade won't do you any justice when it comes to the second and third game. Like you will really have to have a lot of points stacked up on on one or e one either Paragon or Renegade. You have to have a lot of uh, levels stacked up on one of those sides because it's just one of the those type of games where where it rewards the way you it rewards your playstyle, whether good or bad. <laughs> Like it gives you what you want, whether good or bad. So it's definitely gonna if you if you try to just rush through the story, it's gonna give you a certain type of ending. But if you take your time and try to do what the game asks you to do, like they will ask you, they will tell you the important things you need to know. Like it's not like oh it's hidden. Like no, they will tell you. So if you just choose to ignore it, ignore it, it's gonna definitely gonna come back to bite you. So uh yeah. But that's all I really had to say about the Mass Effect Legendary Edition. It's it's one of those type of things that you have to experience for yourself. But you like for the best experience, in my opinion, the best experience would be to look some things up if you're not sure about it. Because Mass Effect 2, Mass Effect 2's ending, you could lose a lot of people. So, um, and that's not even talking that like, we're not even talking about the third game. So Mass Effect 2's ending, I will look up the best ways to um to uh go about that game because just know if you rush through it it's it's, it's, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a tough a tough ending that makes you that might even make you not want to play mass effect 3 like i'm telling you like it's one of those type of games that it will reward you for for doing some of the things they say is important but it will definitely show you what will happen if you don't do it so uh, yeah um click my link tree in my bio let me know on one of my social medias what do you think of the Mass Effect Legendary Edition finally being out? And what is your favorite Mass Effect out of the trilogy? Mine personally would have to be Mass Effect 2. I just I just love the way that game completely flipped from Mass Effect 1 and definitely took the story to a whole nother level. So yeah, now that we're done with that, uh, we're going to switch it up and end with 21 Savage Spiral from the Book of Saul soundtrack. Ooh, I've been out of my head 
As you heard from the 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 great vocals from Millie Go Lightly, um, we're going to be getting into Twenty One Savage Spiral from the Book of Saw soundtrack featuring Young Thug, Gunna, Millie Go Lightly, and more. Oh, and Young Nudie definitely can't forget Young Nudie. The thing about this soundtrack is it's only four tracks, I believe. And it's attached to a film that's not necessarily getting the best reviews right now as far as the movie goes. Now, the movie isn't the, um, it's not being received the greatest. <laughs> um, the movie currently has a 39% on Rotten Tomatoes, and that is out of 100. So, yeah, you do with that what you want to. Um, but the audience score is a 76%. So, what I'm thinking is that the, the movie is very, very very average and that's all i have to say about that go see it on your own risk <laughs> but anyways um as far as the soundtrack goes i feel like this is phenomenal like the way that this is uh put together is only four tracks but at the same time i feel like every track has its purpose like the first well we're not gonna get too ahead but um actually yeah let's just get into it because i mean it's a short it's a short it's only four tracks like it's not too much to it's it's like i don't know like it's not like a whole album. It's not like the albums I just reviewed. <laughs> it's, it's pretty straightforward. So, um, as far as the first track, first track is Spiral. Of course, it's, I mean, 21 Savage went crazy on Spiral. This is the solo offering from 21 Savage. This came out as, as a, I, I want to say, it's, I guess it was a single, more of a promotion type song last, uh, last weekend. So, uh, 21 Savage was rapping over a great beat. I think the beat was very, uh, very dark and had that spiral type feeling to it, like that horror type. Like, if you look up horror type, hip hop, hip hop type, what am I trying to say? If you look up horror, hip hop type beats, then I feel like this would pop up, honestly. So, this is the first, I'm going to play a snippet from every one of these tracks because like I, um, I only played three snippets for every project, but since it's only four tracks, Down Bad already played at the beginning of the segment, so there's only three tracks left, so I'm just going to play a snippet from every track, because I liked every track off of this uh, EP. So yeah, uh, we're going to get into Spiral. I know you probably already heard it if you look up 21 Savage, um, Mass Effect, you'll probably, it'll probably pop up, and I already talked about Spiral. But still, I had to talk about it again as the actual soundtrack, the full soundtrack came out, and this was on it. So, let's listen to the snippet that I picked out for Spiral by 21 Savage. I'm a sniper. I make sure the beef gets switched, Chief. I'm from 20 East, where they killing thieves. Stones got my ears feeling. 
feeling like Christmas Eve. Fat. Before you bend over, baby, get on your knees. Fat. Drive by, jump out, then you tie die. Say a nigga and touch me, that's a lie lie. She fried the game, we call her Fire Guy. I'm so high, I almost thought I skydived. I'ma let them spin like a spiral. With my rifle, he's still every car I mean I got the title. Slaughter gang, I turn a model to a hiker. I know they want me dead, I got a Keltec in this Viper. I hit all the vibes on the low, cause I'm a sniper. But yeah, 21 Savage went crazy on Spiral, and, and for the whole two minutes and 54 seconds, I was entertained from the violence and the killing. And, and all of the double entendres that he used for people for, for, the, for the sake of violence. 21 Savage definitely woke up and chose violence for that track. And I thought that was a great track, honestly. And then we get into Young Nudie. So uh, Young Nudie has another solo offering on this EP called You Ain't Hard. So I think the message for this track is trying to let you know that whatever you think you are, you're not that and if you think you are uh very scary and very uh intimidating to me or to young nudie he's here to let you know that you ain't hard (laughs) i just i love this track i thought this track was very uh very entertaining honestly i've been replaying this often so uh and i actually like young nudie i like the way he raps because i feel like it's very unique but at the same time he's not a conscious rapper but he he slipped some bars in there so i don't know i I just like his delivery for some people it it may be it may not be a cup of tea but for me you know i like listening to young nudie and i feel like he came hard on this track called you ain't hard so here it is here's the snippet right now So yeah, that track is hard to me. I like that was my favorite one off the whole EP. When I, I don't like that better than Spiral, but Spiral's already came out. So as far as the other two tracks, I thought this was the better out of those. But I still like those other two tracks, which we're gonna get into right now. 
down bad is obviously the the snippet well not obviously i don't really say the name after i play it but anyways um the snippet at the beginning of the segment was down bad featuring millie go lightly and there was a lot of other rappers on this list also i kind of want to pull up i kind of want to pull up the um the actual credits because i like when when they show me the actual like the artist from it so okay there's rio uh um, real recognized real rio 21 little harold and sg tip and then you have millie go lightly so millie go lightly i feel like it's the best part of this track um i fell for her delivery when i listened to her and young thugs um collabs on the beautiful thugger thugger girls I thought that they had some of the best chemistry on that album. And also Young Thug was just in a whole nother pocket on on, on uh, Beautiful Thugger Girls. Like, it was really underappreciated, in my opinion. Like, Young Thug is one of those type of artists that really crafts and, and really switches up his style for the masses. Millie Golightly is, is somebody who, at first glance, you would not think would <laughs> do songs with these type of... Like, the the way that Millie Golightly looks, it looks like she will... Um, do an album in, or a feature with uh, Justin Bieber, Justin Timberlake before she um, even associates with the likes of 21 Savage, which is one of those type of things where it's not like uh, she's above 21 Savage. 21 Savage is definitely way above her type of stature, but basically saying that um, when you, when she's white, okay? I don't know how else to say it. <laughs> so as far as like the whole... 21 Savage, like, like, EP, like, she, she, from first glance, it doesn't look like she, like, fits, but her performance on the track is very, um, compliment, complimentary to the, to the, the verses that, that comes after it, okay, so that's basically what I'm trying to say, like, she don't look like she will, she will, uh, fit on the, on the track, not as, like, she's too good for them, basically, it's, like, it's, it's, two different worlds it's kind of like when 21 savage and justin bieber collab it's like you wouldn't expect justin bieber to do that um so frequently you know but millie golightly is one of those that really loves um collabing with hip-hop artists and and that's just very interesting in my opinion but i think she has the best part of the track um i think that she her chorus is very um uh, very infectious the way that she delivers it over the the 808s like the, the way that she sings over 808s is just like it just it, it's a pairing that is so not expected but works so well that's all i can say about her i would say go listen to her look up millie go lightly and young thug and listen to their collabs like their collabs is it's just off the charts um and then we get into the final track emergency with 21 savage Featuring Gunna and Young Thug. Now, as far as Gunna and Young Thug, they come they come with their, um, you know, like, I can definitely tell they freestyle this, which is nothing wrong with that. But at the same time, sometimes you see faults in, in freestyling. And, and I kind of see them frequently. Like, freestyling kind of lets you say whatever that comes to your brain and feel like it's the hottest thing ever. So, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. For Emergency, I think it's a very solid track. But I feel like it could have been better. I could have, I feel like this this trio could have could have provided a better track but 
it's not bad at all and i feel like it, it's solid it's, it's average i would say it's average but that's the snippet i'm gonna play well not the average snippet i'm well if the song is average then i'm kind of playing the average snippet anyways um we're gonna play uh, uh some of gunner's part in the young thugs verse off of emergency so here's the snippet right now Kicking the door, so burglary. Let it up, burn the third degree. 25 rest for a surgery. I know you just take a talk when I really pull up, you gon' call the authority. I'm in it, I gotta see who I really can trust, cause these looking ain't for me. I call to play with the stick. And my law got a kick. She spent the night at the spot. Then I had phantoms on grits. I had a suck it on. I made her think that she rich. I gave her block jobs. I'm a real gangster, no bitch. I just hopped in a mercury. Then we had float up like four deep. Told me she was just pregnant. I told her, yeah, have no story. Yeah. I had to pick out my carrots myself in the yellow. The bum beat. I put the dope on the jet and I fly to the yellow to meet me a Portuguese. Now never purchase emergency. Kicking the doors of burglary. It's your word dreams from the notorious Mass Effect. Ever wanted your favorite restaurants to come to you? Well, with DoorDash, this is now possible as DoorDash connects people with the best restaurants in their city. They do this by empowering local businesses and in turn, generate new ways for people to earn work and live with your favorite restaurants at your fingertips doordash satisfies your cravings and connects you with possibilities more time and energy for yourself and those you love delivering with doordash you get flexibility and financial stability dash for a living or for a goal all on your schedule and on your own terms doordash customers can place orders via the DoorDash app or website and are connected with Dashers to fulfill deliveries conveniently and contactlessly. Restaurants right to your door. Order now at www.doordash.com. So yeah, the delivery was, I could tell was definitely freestyle, um, which is not a bad thing. Young Thug and Gunna has had like a lot of su success from just freestyling. So you can't fault it because it's worked so many times for them. But at the same time, I feel like this track could have been better. 21 Savage gave a solid verse. And the whole track is just average in my opinion. So my favorite track off of the new songs off of this EP is definitely Young Nudie's You Ain't Hard. Because I just love his chorus. Like he's talking like he definitely chooses violence throughout the whole track. But the chorus has Lord forgive me for my sins. Like it's just a very, it's just I don't know. It's very comedic, in my opinion. Like it's just a funny track. So yeah, um, click my link tree in my bio. Let me know on one of my social medias. What is your favorite track off of Twenty One Savage Spiral from the Book of Saw soundtrack? And that's it. Now we're gonna get into the overview of the pod. We started with J Cole the off season. Now with the off season, J Cole was definitely hooping like it was the playoffs or rapping like it was the playoffs and now he's on the actual professional African team which I still don't know the name of but congrats to him and I think the offseason in short is one of his best projects of his career Nicki Minaj beat me up oh and then we got to Nicki Minaj beat me up Scotty it took me into like five tracks into the mixtape to realize it was the actual mixtape that was put back into 2000 that was released back in 2009 so just follow me for that like I said at, a, at the beginning of that segment I am not a barb and um yeah so I apologize for that <laughs> but anyways 
Um, as far as the new songs on the on that mixtape, well, not mixtape, but the new songs attached to the mixtape, "Seeing Green" is literally one of the best songs of the year. I think the dynamic, the chemistry of those three artists is just really unmatched by any other artists that have, like, like their chemistry is really unmatched, honestly. So, just a classic trio. Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Of course, I had to get into one of the games that created the spark in me to want to create my own content and so speaking about the mass effect legendary edition had to be done on obviously so um but also i went into detail for some people who want to try out the game and for newcomers well i guess those are the same people but for people who have already played the game i try to provide some content some some uh context some insight onto on or why they should come back and play it again and i felt like i did a well y'all will let me know if, if i did a good job of not explaining that because you know i try to break it down for the people that it's still worthwhile playing again because it's new it's, it's a lot of new things added and a lot of upgrades that make that make it worth your time like they mass effect does not take advantage of the time it, it rewards the time you put into it and that's the one thing i love that's the one thing i love about the game then we ended with 21 Savage Spiral from the Book of Saw soundtrack. I talked about how it's only four tracks, but it's an EP. So, But when I think of soundtrack, I kind of think of a lot of more tracks than four. But neither here nor there. The movie wasn't the best. So I guess 21 Savage was like, if y'all release a good movie, I'll put out deluxe for it. And, and it doesn't seem like that's going to come because of the movie's being very poorly received. <laughs> as far as the, the soundtrack, I think that was probably the best thing that came from the movie. Um, Spiral, You Ain't Hard, Millie Go Lightly's chorus, and then Emergency, like, that's just some of the, it was just a great EP, honestly, like, well, not great, it was a good EP, it was a very solid, something that I would replay for the, uh, for, for a time to come, well, not time to come, basically, the replayability factor of this EP is very high, so for episode 50, episode 50, We've made it to episode 50. <laughs> like, I keep saying that over and over in my head. It's just like, wow. Honestly. That's, that's, yeah, that's insane, honestly. Like, episode 50. Like, we've made it. Con constant feedback, constant uh, listens to the episodes. It's just, like, do you, like, 400 p over approximately 400 people listening to every episode and that's just the base audience like that's just honestly that's hard to wrap my head around like it's just something that i just try to keep coming and, and updating things to try to make the experience better but it's just it's in the moment it's kind of like you don't i'm still not processing the whole thing like episode 50 like that's just and then to have Mass Effect to talk about episode 50 is just so surreal, honestly. And I just have y'all to thank for that. Like, the, the listeners that come back every single episode, it's just like... And obviously, y'all are, like, telling... Either y'all are telling people about it or the algorithm is doing this work because there's some segments that just go crazy. Like, some of the music segments. Like, the latest one, I think, was... Um... What was the latest one? Oh, okay. Of course, J. Cole. J. Cole's fan base is crazy, so... I don't know if it's the algorithm or for people just like um, sharing it, but both of them, I'm, I'm 
forever grateful for honestly like this is something i'm i'm always gonna remember if this stopped tomorrow so yeah that's about it for this episode for episode 50 that's it (laughs) thanks for tuning in to the notorious mass effect podcast and don't be afraid to send me a voice message letting me know what you want uh what you think of the show and what you want me to talk about in the next episode Click my link tree in my bio to access my social medias and follow to keep up with my latest activities. If you want to financially support the show, click my Cash App link located towards the top of my link tree as it helps the show overall. Make sure to share this podcast as this helps the show reach more people so we can grow together and affect the masses. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Notorious Mass Effect. board dreams from the notorious mass effect ever wanted your favorite restaurants to come to you well with doordash this is now possible as doordash connects people with the best restaurants in their city they do this by empowering local businesses and in turn generate new ways for people to earn work and live with your favorite restaurants at your fingertips doordash satisfies your cravings and connects you with possibilities more time and energy for yourself and those you love. Delivering with DoorDash, you get flexibility and financial stability. Dash for a living or for a goal, all on your schedule and on your own terms. DoorDash customers can place orders via the DoorDash app or website and are connected with dashers to fulfill deliveries conveniently and contactlessly. Restaurants right to your door. Order now at www.doordash.com.